harvest in the lives of every person listening. In Jesus' mighty name. So anyway, Elijah, he put God before everything else. He put the presence of the Lord before everything else in his life. And he was blessed, and he was a blessing because of it. So that's our key. That's our key, staying in the presence of God, staying in through all the trials, through all the tribulation. We just stay. We can just stay in the presence of God. I am not moved by the things around me. I do not have a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And the love of God washes over me and is my very strength. He was devoted to God. He put God first. He had a zeal for God, a zeal for God. He did not lose his first love. And, beloved, as we seek the presence of God, we, our heart becomes willing to put away all the idolatries of this life. Our hearts become repentant. Our hearts turn toward him because his presence to us is more precious than anything. So Elijah, he didn't mind confronting sin. He was willing to confront sin, right? And we need to be willing to do that in our own lives. He had obedience to the call of God. He, he obeyed God. He had obedience to God's call, the call of God. And he is calling us in the same way, in the very same way. So needless to say, in the coming year, we're going to see challenges, aren't we? We're not, we're not putting our head in the sand. You will see challenges in the world. In the world. Things are changing. Things in the world can look chaotic. But you see, we don't have to integrate that into our lives. We don't have to receive that into our spirits, do we? No, no, we're not going to do that. The world will be struggling more and more, but we will, we will not engage in that. You see, we don't have to engage in the struggle. God's already given us the victory. He is the banner that goes before us. He is our healer. He is our provider. He is our peace. So the temptation, the temptation is to look into the world. The temptation might be to become discouraged. The temptation might be to become fearful, but we're not given a spirit of fear. Power, love, and a sound mind, like I just said. And those temptations in the world are becoming stronger and stronger, but we are not going to take that bait. You see, we're not going to take that bait. None of us in this room listening, we are not going to take that bait. And during these times, sometimes, you see, we stay in the presence of the Lord. So we remain tender-hearted to his call. We remain tender-hearted to his promptings. See, if we get out in the world, allow our minds to wander into the world, it becomes harder and harder. No one, no one at RCC, let's say, if a person allows their mind to wander into the world and the chaotic events of the world, you see, it becomes harder and harder for that person to hear and discern the truth and to be sensitive to the Spirit, but we're not going to do that. It says, the Scripture tells us that we have to test, that we have to discern the Spirit. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to walk in the wisdom of God. We will test and discern the Spirit. It says in 1 John 4, verse 1, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, 
See, there's a lot of talk going out on out there in the world, isn't there, about doom and gloom and terrible things that could happen. But it says here, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Be- Amen, that's right, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. If you, if you hear someone prophesying other than the peace of God, other than the joy of the Lord, other than God's almighty power, that's a false prophet. And, and you're not to listen to that. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is born of God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. We are called to be aware. We are called to be aware. We are called to be aware. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. What have you overcome? Because of the one who is in you, you have overcome the Antichrist spirit. You are able to discern. These Antichrist spirits have come, but rest assured, through Jesus Christ, you have overcome them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Who can agree with that? Good. It's good you agree with that. The one who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. The scripture says that we know God's voice. His spirit testifies with our our spirit that we are his children and that we know and we follow his voice and not the voice of another. Okay? But we have to stay in touch. That's our job. We can't get out and let our minds wander and feast on the ugliness, the darkness, the fear, the things going on in the world. We have a responsibility. We have to stay in touch with the Spirit of God. We have to know his word, and we have to pursue his presence. You must pursue his presence. Yes, when you're born again, his nature is in you, but we have a job after that, okay? Right? The one who is greater than the Antichrist in the world is in us, right? The one who is greater than the Antichrist is in us, okay? And we stay in touch with him. We cannot live like the world and expect good results. Okay? We cannot feast our eyes and our ears on the voices of hate, on the voices of fear, on the voices of dissension, on the voices of discouragement and anger and division and death and doubt. You cannot feast on that and expect to see the goodness of God, the renewal of God in your spirits, right? We have to renew our minds, and, and we, we, we only renew our minds by the word, not by feasting on what the world is offering us right now. And we will remain sensitive. When we do that, we will remain sensitive to his inward voice. So, 
verse 5, 1 John 4, on to verse 5. They are from the world. They're talk- here again, we're talking, continuing to talk about the Antichrist spirit. <clears throat> they are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world. But that is not the believer's viewpoint. Okay? They speak from the viewpoint of the world. And the world listens. The world listens. We are from God. And whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. Okay? He was preaching the word here. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth, which is the word, Jesus, and the spirit of falsehood, lawlessness, dissension, rebelliousness, perversions, idolatry. Those are all antichrist spirits. So, God's word changes everything. He is our anchor. He remains our anchor. We put our feet steadfastly on the rock of Christ. This is the work of God to know the one whom he sent. Okay? So, remaining, we're going back, remaining in that mighty reign, walking in the glory of God, it requires us to do something. It is not automatic. This is not automatic. Okay? It does not... comes with a cost. It comes with awareness. You need to be aware. It comes with diligence. It comes with perseverance. It comes with service unto the Lord. It comes with, you need boldness. It comes with your decision to refuse to accept compromise. This is our job. Philippians 3, verse 12, Paul says, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. That's a big statement, beloved. You press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of you. He has taken hold of you. How did he do that? By the blood. He shed his blood for you, beloved. He shed his blood. He paid the ultimate price. He bought you. Okay, He took hold of us by shedding his blood, and we enter that bond, we enter that covenant. Do you realize you have a covenant, an unbreakable covenant with the Lord? An unbreakable contract with the Lord? Hello. Hello, folks. Do you understand what covenant is? Okay, doesn't that pretty much excite you, that you have a covenant with God? the creator of everything, who set the worlds in motion? You have a covenant. When you receive the Jesus Christ, you see, he purchased us. Anyway, he, he shed his blood. We now have a covenant with him. You receive him as Savior. You receive that covenant. And then we make him Lord by walking out according to his word making him Lord above everything else in our lives. Knowing that he's in us, receiving his presence. This is strong, powerful stuff. You see, he doesn't alter. He doesn't change. Once you have a covenant with him, he's the unbreakable. 
He won't break it. When you walk away, the covenant exists. Got it? Think about that. How many people do you know when you, when, 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 when you walk away from them that they keep their side of the bargain, that they keep their promise? Do you know anyone? I mean, marriage is supposed to be like that. Hopefully parents are like that toward their children. Well, anyway. Philippians 3, 12 through 15. Paul says, But I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. He took hold of you before you ever answered him. Praise God. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He has called you heavenward in him. And we need to take hold of what he's done for us. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. You see, we become saved, we make him our Lord, and we walk in a covenant. And he is not going to be the one to break it. So Elijah was certainly mature in the Lord. Now, we didn't know Elijah personally, so, I mean, I'm sure he had a few little issues like everybody does. But the picture we see in this scripture, he was definitely what we would call, what we would assume, what we can see is mature in the Lord. He listened to and he followed the voice of God without hesitancy. So we're going to pick back up on the mountain, we're going to pick back up with Elijah, and I, as I mentioned before, he was on Mount Horeb in the presence of God. Do you know you walk in the presence of God? It's just a matter of drawing into him. 1 Kings 19, verse 12. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elisha? Okay, so that's where we ended last Sunday. That's a good question that we all need to ask ourselves. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Can y'all just ask yourself that question right now? I'm asking myself that question right now. What am I doing here? Am I here to be sold out for Jesus? Am I here to answer his higher call? Yeah, that's, that's what we want to think about. That's where we want our hearts to ponder. 1 Kings 19, 14. He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty, the Israelites, that's the world, okay? 
have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me. Do you ever feel that way? You're the only one left. You're the only one standing for the truth. You're the only one that's not going to give in to the fear. You're the only one that's not going to listen to the chaos. And you are speaking the word of God, and you are standing for the word of God, and you think they are going to kill me. Well, so what? Just keep standing. Because great is your reward. Just keep standing. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael, king over Aram. Also anoint Yehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, F-H, Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel-Maholah, to succeed you as prophet. Yehu will put to death any who escape the sword of Haziel. Elisha will put to death any who escape the sword of Yehu. You see, God always has a plan. He always has a plan. Yet, I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and all whose mouths have not kissed him. We are as the 7,000. We are not going to bow down to Baal. We are not going to be involved in the idolatry of the world, in the deception of the world, in the lies of the world, in the perversion of the world. We are not going to do that. We are not going to kiss Baal. We are going to get rid of the things in our lives that come between us and the presence of God. To walk purely and wholly before him. We must not bow down to Baal, the deceptions of today. Think back, okay? Let's just think back a minute. Let's think back so we think we have it so tough. Okay. It is tough. The world is tough. Walking with Jesus is not tough. There's peace and joy in the presence of the Lord at all times, no matter what's happening. Okay? But let's think back. Look at the days of Elisha. Look at the wickedness. It said King Ahab was the worst of all the kings of Israel. Do you think that was an easy thing for Elisha to deal with? He was the worst of all the kings to that point. Okay? Look at Noah. Look how he had to follow the Lord in the midst of wickedness. Look at Abraham, who was called out of his land and had to leave everything. Look at Joshua, what he had to fight for through his Lord. Look at all these people. They had it. These were tough times. Those were not easy times. Well, it's no different with us today. And we can stand the way Elijah stood. We can praise as Elijah prayed. We can stand in faith. We can be obedient. We can answer the call of God. We can go forth without fear and without doubt. Now, he got in a little bit of fear one time, but the Lord rescued him. We went over that before, so I'm not going to go back into that. 
verse 19. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. You know what that means, right? That's the passing of a mantle, okay? Threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. When you have a man of God in your presence, it's time to listen. Let me kiss my father goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? What has God given you? What has God given you? His precious, precious anointing. His very life. What have I done to you? The blessing, the anointing thrown around us. Hallelujah. Guarding us, helping us, round about us, in front, behind, above, below, left, right. The presence of God. Thank you, Jesus. So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. That's pretty brave. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and become his attendant. It is very important to become the Lord's attendant. Yes, you are his children. Under the new covenant, you are called his children. He loves his children. And I know nobody these days likes the word serve, but we are here to serve him. His will, his good pleasure. So, talk about Elijah. Talk about an immediate transformation. Think about that. Talk about immediate obedience. You know, when, when we were little, when, my kids, when our kids were little, you know, we'd tell them to do something. And if they didn't do it, you know, we would always say to them, delayed obedience is disobedience. Point blank simple, you don't get another chance. You have been asked to obey. Delayed obedience is disobedience. None of this counting to three junk. No, you really need people. No, I'm serious. Everything we speak has a spiritual influence on our children. Everything. Every bit of it. Every word. If you say, I'm going to count to three, and you better obey by then, you are teaching your child disobedience. You are teaching your child oh, eh, they're not really serious. I really have three chances here. They don't mean it. They're not a person of their word. You know, you know how you look when you, when you do that? You know how you look in your child's eyes? You're not a person of your word. You see, these small things are not small things at all. It was tough in our house. There wasn't 
I'm not going to go there, but it was tough in our house. And maybe that's not always good. Maybe more grace needs to be displayed. But there are certain things that we really need to think about. The messages that we are sending. So anyway. But you see here, Elijah, let's just put ourselves in Elijah's uh, place at this point. Because he was a prophet of God. I mean, he commanded the rain to stop, it stopped. He commanded the rain to start, it started. He could have become pretty prideful, but he didn't. He knew where that came from, from whence that came. He knew. Okay? But think about when the Lord said, you're going to now go anoint Elisha. Ouch! What? You've taken my mantle from me? How many people do you know that they get jealous or they don't want to bless somebody else because they think it's going to take something from them? I'm sorry. Blessing somebody else blesses you. When you bless someone else because the Lord told you to do it, you will walk in the blessing. If Elijah had not passed that mantle on, he probably would have lost his anointing anyway. But you see, God had a great, glorious exit waiting for him. A tremendous blessing. He was just going to get to be translated out of here. So when God said, go anoint so-and-so, Elisha, as the next prophet, he just did it. That's how we need to be. Because when the Lord tells us to do something, he has a greater blessing, more blessing in store if we are obedient to that call. Why would you want to remain in the old anointing anyway? Why wouldn't you want the new anointing? You know, these are things to think about. These have big ramifications. How we respond in situations has great ramification for our lives and the lives of others. I mean, Elisha went on to do amazing miracles. So when he tells us to bless another, it doesn't mean that we're forgotten. It means that he has new and better blessings for us. And we have to stand in faith and we have to stand in obedience in order to receive those blessings. And if we want to walk on it, walk in those blessings, we need to pass the baton on, so to speak. Right? We need to let go of what's in our hand and share the blessing. So anyway, Elijah went forth. And he found Elisha, and he threw his cloak around Elisha. And Elisha knew immediately, immediately, precisely what that meant. But he had something he had to do to receive it. He had to act in accordance with that, with that anointing that was to come upon him. He had to act in accordance with that promise of God, didn't he? Yeah, he did in order to receive, in order to walk in God's purpose. He had to obey and he had to act. He had to have faith. So what did he do? Immediately, 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 immediately. Who in here wants some immediately's? Yeah, I want some immediately's. I like immediately's. 
Okay, then immediately follow God. I mean, he was plowing in the field. He had 12 yoke of oxen. He was actually driving the 12th pair. Elijah spoke to him. He burned up his equipment, killed the oxen, fed everybody, and said, I'm leaving. I'm following God. I'm doing what he said. Wow. He didn't, he didn't go and say, oh, wait a minute, Elijah, man of God. I really probably have to go read my Bible. Um, well, he didn't have the Bible, okay, right? I have to go consult God. I have to go consult wise counsel. I have to do all this stuff. And then I'm, I'm going to think about it and talk to a few people and see if God talks to me about it, and uh, then I'll probably follow you, maybe. He didn't do that. You see, the time is now for you to be reading your word. The time is now to be seeking the presence of, the God, of God. The time is now to be calling on him. Because then when he speaks, your, your spirit is so sensitive that you don't have questions. All you have is peace. The time is now. And then all you have is peace. Right? Yeah. But think about Elijah. Think what Elijah had to do. He had to totally leave. He had to totally change his old mindset. Didn't he? This was a totally new reality. This is something that he wasn't expecting. At least it's not indicated to us in the scripture that he was expecting it. He had to give up his old way of life. He had to leave his family. He had to change everything about what he thought he was probably going to be doing for the next 20 years. And he had to follow the call. He had to destroy when he, when he burned up. Think about that. Elijah comes, comes and throws the mantle on him, and he burns all his equipment. Well, there's no going back then. I mean, yeah. You know, all that, symbolically, that's us setting aside the semblances of our old life. Symbolically. That's us setting aside our old way of thinking, setting aside our old paradigm. Okay, that's what happens, really, think about it, when you're, when you're born again. You are new, right? The old is gone, the new has come. And then as we walk with the Lord, that just, you know, there are many times when we are called to do that, right? Set aside the old and start with the new. The Lord is, says to us, do you not sense it? Can you see it? I am doing a new thing. But we have to be willing to embrace the new thing, right? And there's no greater reward than being in the presence of God. So, Elisha, in a moment, in a moment, went from plowman to prophet. Plowman to prophet, prophet in training. Because he was going to be with Elijah for a bit. He did it immediately. Life-changing. Talk about willingness, talking about yieldedness. We must be yielded yielded the trans total transformation of his mind renewing our mind with the word that's why we have the word one's entire lifestyle 
their livelihood, their entire reality changed in an instant in the twinkling of an eye. So Elijah had to have faith, just like Elijah, and he had to put it into action. He had to shift his thinking, he had to renew his mind to the Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord, that our minds are renewed by the Spirit of God, by your Spirit, by Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. I receive the renewing of my mind by Holy Spirit, by the Word of God. I shall hear the voice of my Lord and none other. I shall have faith in the Word and nothing else. I shall act in obedience to my Father and not delay. I shall walk in the way that he tells me to walk because I know that the Word says that he keeps my feet from stumbling and he keeps me from the fowler's snare. And I have confidence in that. I believe in the covenant that he has so graciously given me and I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you that I hear your voice and the voice of another I do not follow. I thank you that your presence is in me, ever guiding me. I thank you that you hold me in the palm of your hand. I thank you that you cause the mountains to come down, the rough places to be made smooth, the crooked places to be made straight. I thank you that you have given me a spirit of peace and truth. I thank you that I do not have a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I thank you that I have the mind of Christ. I thank you that you are for me and not against me. See? That's just what we do. And when you're talking like that, when you are praying out the very word of God, your spirit is being strengthened and renewed. And when the enemy tries to come against that, you have a solid fortress, an impenetrable fortress. All right, so where was I? <laughs> you see, Elisha, he was just a normal guy. He was a plowman. One minute he's plowing, the next minute he's a prophet. You know, we got to follow, beloved. God knows it's not always easy. He understands the times. You know, he understands the time you are living in, but you, are, you were created for such a time as this, so you don't need to have any fear. He knew you. He put you here right now for this time. And he is guarding and guiding you, so you do not need to be afraid. This is your time. This is your time. So we have to have the spirit. We have to have the mentality. We have to have the adventurer spirit. We have to have that to adventure according to the spirit of God. We must be adventurers for the Lord. We can't be stuck where we are. We can't be lukewarm. We have to be willing to change and to step out and to branch out. We have to be willing to listen. We have to have zeal for our Lord. 
and get away from the lukewarmness. Remember Abraham? He left his home country, didn't he? On the word of God, didn't he? Remember Ruth and Naomi? Ruth followed Naomi and went into a land that was not her own. Okay? Now, I'm not saying, I'm not preaching that everyone needs to get up and run out of this room and go to some foreign mission field. Okay, so don't mistake me. Sometimes the greatest calling, the highest calling, is that you are ministering in the body of your beloved here. He has everyone to be an eye, or each person to be an eye, or a foot, or a hand. And sometimes the highest calling is the ministry that you have here. Okay, so don't think that I'm preaching that everyone needs to run out the door and go to some foreign place. I'm not saying that at all. But anyway, when we come to a crossroad in our lives, we need to be willing to take the road of the higher calling, of the calling of God. And when we yield our hearts to him, he will give us wisdom because he is a voice speaking to us, telling us which way to go. Whether we turn to the left or to the right, his word is a light a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Okay? Proverbs 8, 1 and 2 says, Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand. We are in a time where you must understand the wisdom of God, but he's always speaking to you, so you have that. You have that inward witness. But we must discern the spirits. We must not give in to the fear. We must not give in to the antichrist spirits. We must not come into agreement. And when we come to those crossroads, we take our stand and we wholeheartedly, without compromise, pursue the higher ground. You see what I'm saying? We have to take our stand. We find the counsel of God and we stand. And it takes courage. It takes a lot of courage. Because you're not, you're like, you know, you are like Elijah. He said, I'm the only one, and they're trying to kill me. And yet he stood. He did not compromise. Joshua 1, 7 through 9. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. You see, he gives us success. We're not going to turn to the left. We're not going to turn to the right. We are going to keep our eyes steadfast on Jesus, and we will be successful. You will be successful wherever you go. You will be. Can you receive that? I didn't hear any yeses or amens. You will be successful wherever you go. Yes, amen. Pastor Lisa Marie, that's me. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful, even in the middle of darkness, even in the middle of chaos. There are no qualifications there. It says you will. 
Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. There's always been terrifying stuff in the world. But the beloved of God, walking in the covenant of God, do not receive the terror. The joy of the Lord is our strength. He counsels us with his peace. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. He's with you, beloved. Rest assured. Be at peace. He's with you wherever you go. The scripture says you shall take the land where your feet trod. But guess what? You gotta trod. You gotta trod. <laughs> you gotta go forth. So, do we want to remain in the heavy rain? Do we want to see the glory of God? Beloved, in the coming days, the world is going to be choosing more and more chaos. It will choose. The world will choose, and because of its misery, it's going to want you to choose the same thing. And you'll be called a fool for not choosing it. You'll be persecuted. You'll be told you have your head in the sand. Not true, not true, not true, not true. It's just the light hasn't come to you who choose the chaos of the world. And that's what you're here for, to shed the light. So when the devil tries to bring fear and terror and confusion, you will be standing at the crossroads where the paths meet, and you will take the higher ground. I'm prophesying that over you. You will take the higher ground. Do you guys understand when I say this stuff that I am prophesying over you? Do you understand that? I'm calling that to pass in your life. These are not idle words to me at all. These are done deal facts, realities. That's what they are. It's a done deal, reality. Thank you, Glenn. Yes. Yes. But we must have the spirit of Elijah. You want to see this thing turn around? We'll start displaying the spirit of Elijah. Because Elisha followed Elijah. You display the God spirit of Elijah and others will follow and you will see it turn. But you cannot be in agreement with the world. You cannot compromise. You have to call out sin. You have to say sin is sin. You have to say wrong is wrong. A lie is a lie. Perverseness is perverseness. In love. In love. Got it? In love. <laughs> It's kind of funny, but you know, when you walk in love, you will get away with more sternness in the truth than you can even imagine. Because love paves the way. Love changes the heart. 
That's what goes first. Okay. So anyway, we must answer the call, and we must be the revival that this world needs. Don't look around and say you want revival to come. You say, I'm the revival. I am the revival. Thank you. I'm the Elijah spirit. God is raising up people who have the spirit of Elijah in this church, in our community. That's you. It is you. He has called you for this. Because you wouldn't be here listening to me if he hadn't called you. We are answering this call. We are answering this call. He is raising us up in this generation. And you know another thing I'm a little bit tired of hearing? Well, I'm not tired. I'm not going to confess that over my life because I have energy like you wouldn't believe. But you know what I really don't want to hear anymore? Is that it's only the younger generation that he's raising up. Excuse me, you old people. Don't put all the responsibility on the younger generation. You're the ones that are supposed to be the example. You're the ones that are supposed to lead the way. And I don't want to hear anybody say anymore that I don't know what my purpose is. If you can't figure out another purpose, I just gave you one. Don't leave it in the hands of a young generation. Yes. Are they going to be raised up with visions and all these other beautiful, wonderful things? Yes, because God uses everybody who becomes yielded. I'm not going to sit by and let the younger generation do all the work. I plan to be doing this till I get translated. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> Isn't there a song that says that? How about you? What? I love Jesus. Yeah, that's it. I love Jesus. How about you? I love Jesus. Yeah, how about you? Yeah, this is all about loving Jesus. That's really where it all starts. That's really where it all comes from. Hallelujah. So God is raising up those who have the spirit of Elijah. He had difficult times. They were times of idolatry, Baal worship, child sacrifice, sexual perversion, rebelliousness against God, disobedience, murders, covetousness, jealousy, hardness of heart, demon worship. Weren't they? Go study it. Go study it. But see, Elijah confronted the immorality. He confronted the demon spirits. And he said, you think you've had your way? Well, I got another thing coming. I got another thing coming. There is a mighty outpour of the reign of God that is going to come, and it will change everything. We already have it. 
He walked in the heavy rain and the glory of God. He did not hold hands with the devil. He did not walk up to Ahab and say, it's okay. So what is the spirit of Elijah? He was bold. He was strong and very courageous. He was uncompromising. He was righteous. He was vigilant. He was a man of prayer. He was a man of faith. He took God at his word. He believed God. He didn't compromise and hold hands with the devil. He called out sin without apology. He was willing to stand alone, even though they thought he thought they were going to kill him. He was willing to confront sin. He was uncompromising. He did not give in to the conventions of the reign of Ahab. There's no one out there reigning over you. No worldly influence can reign over you. No worldly influence. No worldly pressure can reign over you. You have the Spirit of God. He was obedient to God. He was zealous for God. He put God above everything else. He believed the promises and he acted. He believed the promise and he acted. He said, stop rain. And it stopped. He said, come rain. And it started. He knew his authority. He stood in his authority. He acted according to the authority that God had given him. And this is who we are meant to be. So where are the Elijahs of today? Where are they? Where are the Elijahs of today? You. You, 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 you. Everyone here, everyone that is willing to receive this word is an Elijah of today. Doesn't the scripture tell us? I can, I can even, I believe that in the spirit, but you know what? I can show you in the word where the word says it. You want to you hear it? James 5, 17. Elijah was a man just like us. Does that settle it for you? Should. That should settle it for you. Elijah was a man just like us. So this is what you can expect. Can we get our expectors in unison with the Spirit of God? He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crop. What crop are you going to produce? I am going to produce an Elijah crop. You are. You will produce the Elijah crop. 
Elisha followed him. Elisha did a massive amount of miracles because he was sown into by the life of Elijah. And he was willing to follow. He was willing to be obedient. He was willing to pray. He was willing to believe in a faithful God. Do you believe you have a faithful God? then your crop is going to be mighty. You will bear a mighty crop that will be harvested magnificently in the, in the world around you. That's a prophecy over you. That's a prophecy over your life. Hallelujah. We are each one here for such a time as this. You are here for such a time as this. Do not shrink back. Do not shrink back. Press forward with the same spirit. Press forward. The challengers are not going to go away. The challenges in the world. But you will change the world. The spirit of Elijah in you will defeat every bale, every idolatry, every deceit, every trickery, every spirit of lawlessness, the spirit of rebelliousness. But we must know the wisdom of God. We must stand at the crossroad and choose. We must believe the promise of God. We must believe who he created us to be. We must be courageous. We must be uncompromising. Oh, what kind of a word is that? Yes, we must be uncompromising. We must look down the path and choose the higher ground. We must know the faithfulness of our God and not be moved by the voices of terror. We must turn off the TV Good for you, Glenn. We have to turn off the TV and all the voices, all the voices of failure, of defeat, of the Antichrist. You must tune them out. You must turn them off. We must stay in the love of God, the love and the compassion and the mercy of God. That's the new covenant, the new covenant, the new command, the love of Jesus. But Jesus never tolerated darkness of any sort. We must stay in his truth and his presence and put him above all else. Above all else. Above all else. At any cost. Because ultimately, there is no cost to putting him above all else. That is only the road of blessing. And we are, we will be, we are the voice of Elijah. The spirit of Elijah in this generation. And we will usher in, we will usher in, we do usher in the mighty reign. It's no longer just a sound. 
Get it? To reality. The glory of God come to us here on earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So anyway, that's what I believe the Lord wanted us to share with one another today and to ponder on. Thank you, Kay. (laughs) Thank you. That's the Lord. That's the Lord. I pray that I just speak what he says to speak and I only do what he says to do. So normally I do communion, but since we're on Elijah, I'm going to do the tithe first today.